Have you ever thought of exposing your internal processes to your customers? If not, you have a lot to learn from this episode. The title of this episode is Complexity, Clarity, and the Customer Experience. Three things I would say right off the top of my head that are important. First of all is to get a single view of the customer. This is Nick Foy. The second thing I would say is to ensure that everyone has visibility of what's going on. So not hiding things. Nick is the founder, CEO, and chief evangelist of Silverdale Technology which provides access to world-class processes, systems, and change management methods, regardless of their size or budget. Nick is well-placed to do so with over 30 years of experience in business and technology consulting and leadership positions, particularly in logistics and supply chain at Amazon and many other big corporations. So if you want to know how to provide exceptional customer experience to your clients, this is the episode for you. If you want to know more about me, go to issuesing.com, I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com, issuesing.com. You can go there and learn more about me. If you want to know more about startingtoknow.com, go to startingtoknow.com. Startingtoknow.com is the website. Go there, learn more about many business-related topics. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Nick to the show. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ishu. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, my pleasure to have you here. Beginnings matter. So let's start with the first part. What is that you do with Silverdale Technology? Yeah, so what we do is we help other companies and organizations get access to world-class business management systems and processes um, that traditionally have only been available to large organizations and corporations. So we're, our, our vision is to democratize access to uh, business management systems um, for companies of any size. You have your own solutions or you are more so of like doing the implementation? Yeah, so we are an official partner of Odoo, uh, Mm. which is the ERP system of choice that we implement. Uh, We're an official partner um, of Odoo, and that's the system we focus on, quite frankly. Uh, We haven't felt any need so far to go outside of that. We think it's a pretty good solution for the type of clients that we service. Um, And really, our job is to help our clients really to implement and embed uh, Odoo into their everyday business. So you touched on the point of everyday business that's related with the processes. And you've also said clients, so basically customers, so customer experience and internal process. And that's the topic of today's conversation as well. As your company is related to the processes and the customer experience, what, what are the most important factors for a good customer experience according to you? Well, I would say there's probably three things I would say right off the top of my head that are important. First of all, is to get a single view of the customer. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to see what's going on in your business for that customer right across, whether it's uh, on issue resolution, whether it's on projects, whether it's on invoices, sales orders, opportunities, meetings, you name it. Um, Getting a full view of what's going on, I think, is is the first thing. Um, The second thing I would say is to ensure that everyone has visibility of what's going on so not hiding things in microsoft team chats or hiding things in an outlook inbox um you know getting things out into the open and controlled Mm -hmm. and then the third thing i would say uh is making sure 
that those things that are coming in are in fact uh, operating to some sort of SLA and some sort of management system to make sure that you're making good on those customer commitments. Um, and again, that if something's going out of whack, um, that you've got some audit process to make sure you catch that quickly and, and, and address it. So, so yeah, I'd say kind of in summary, um, you know, making sure that, you know, any customer commitment, any customer request is captured, is dealt with, is tracked. And if something's getting out of whack, making sure that you can, in fact, uh, A, get visibility of it and B, actually deal with it. And you said like some of the times like communication is kind of get lost in the in the conversation internally between different tools like Slack, Teams. Yeah. So Odoo, the, the tool that you are implementing, so it's basically, it can surface the things up. This is what the whole context of this kind of solution is, or like should be the context of all the solutions out there so that it can provide better customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll give you a really good example to mm-hmm. kind of bring that to life a little bit. So, so one of our company tenets is to use the tools, processes, and systems that we sell. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so as well as kind of implementing Odoo for our customers, um, we use Odoo internally for almost everything that we do. And what that, what, and the way that kind of manifests itself is, you know, for example, if I look at my Outlook inbox now. I've got over 50 customers, right? And we're working mm. on probably over 30 active projects as we speak. Okay. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you this week so far, uh, it's now Thursday this week so far. In my Outlook inbox, I've received a grand total of three emails from all of those customers across all of those projects. And I've received zero emails uh, from uh, in, internal employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, most people would be pretty shocked by that. And I've been shocked by that, you know, in previous companies that I've worked in and other organizations. Um, and people just kind of can't think and conceive of any other way of dealing with customer requests or information other than having things lingering in your inbox. So the way we deal with that is that we give all of our clients get a unique email address. Um, so it's the client name at, you know, silverdilltech.com. And mm-hmm. any questions, any requests, anything they want to ask, they just send it to that one email address. Um, and when we receive that, it goes into our help system. And then from there, we start an SLA clock, uh, depending on the severity and the type of question that's being asked, to make sure that it's getting in front of the right people for the right answer. It also means that we can use that information that's coming in to track the sorts of requests and questions that we're getting. Mm-hmm. And we can also you know, use our knowledge management to make sure that our team are actually responding in both quickly, but also with the right answers and that we're institutionalizing that learning within our business, uh, which means we're able to make sure that we can see all customer correspondence and we can see when things you know are going outside of SLA and actually start dealing with them uh, and that's a practice that we've had in place now for over two years mm-hmm. um, and I'm you know I'm very happy that you know I can measure the number of emails in my inbox uh, on one hand uh, during any any one week um, and it's a very different way of working than most companies are used to I agree like most of the times the inbox is flooded and Inbox is getting the inbox is your target. Like it's sometimes it is really hard to achieve. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And what are some of the key customer experiences that one company should focus on? Do you believe in like a holistic customer experience or do you believe in stage aspects of 
customer experience or these are the stages that or these are the targets if you want to give the better customer experience that one should one company should be hitting on yeah it's really, it's a it's really good question you know and i think the the way that certainly i look at customer experiences historical information is all very kind of interesting right and you can look at you know what your customer ratings have been on your tickets or whatever it may be over a period of time and you can get a lot of comfort mm. um in looking at those numbers um but my my philosophy is a little bit different to that that you know the 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 most important customer rating or or customer experience is the one you're about to have okay no one you know the the last 100 breaths you took were really important but they're nowhere near as important as your next one okay mm. um and that and the way we don't really obsess over you know this is our month over month or quarter over quarter uh you know improvements on customer service scores we do not obsess over that at all what we really obsess over is you know individual tickets individual requests individual contact points because you know it, it, it people you're only as good as your last delivery in reality um and if you start looking at averages and looking at percentages you really miss i think the um you know the the, the specifics of exactly how you could have done something better or do something different um the great thing about you know customer interactions like that especially in the way that we do it through our help system um is that you know every ticket every request every email gives you an opportunity to do something different um, mm -hmm. and to try something new and to give a different level of service so we we really don't obsess over you know uh, historical records or averages or percentages um quite frankly i don't think those things really matter uh, mm -hmm. really it's just individual point um replies and solutions that you're giving yeah, quite frankly who cares about a ticket from a year ago really the customer only cares about the one that's right in front of you right now. So in some cases, if the ticket from past one year is not solved, then for sure <laughs> they're going to be asking you for that. Oh yes, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. And according to your experience, uh, Nick, like how have internal processes um, basically facilitated businesses in in providing a better customer experience? Is it all linked to internal process or not? Uh, yeah, so I think, yes, absolutely. I think your internal processes definitely matter. Um, you know, we, we tend to think about, um, our processes as part of a kind of what we call a mechanism, uh, mm. something we've borrowed from Jeff Bezos, um, that, you know, we, we, we make sure that it's not just about the business process, right? Business process is just one part of the mechanism. Clearly it's an important part. Um, but you know, the thing about mechanisms, uh, sorry about processes is mm. that over time they degrade right just when you think you've got a process in place you know a month later two months later you then realize hang on this has gone wrong again why is that i thought we had a process for this right and the reality is the processes degrade um over time so you've got to constantly be keeping a watching brief on these processes so as part of our mechanisms we have processes obviously clearly the, the first part of it but then we look at the tools that we're using do the tools that we use help us to enforce the process do they force people to do the right thing at the right time right are they error proof themselves to make sure you don't make mistakes in the system so having the right process backed up with the right tool um, is a very important part and then the next thing 
is the user adoption. So are your processes and tools being adopted by the people who need to use them? And as part of the adoption, do they have access? Do they know they should be doing it? Do they have the training to do it? And do they want to do it, right? Is it easy or is it adding value? And once you've got all those things in place, the final step is then do you have a way of auditing to make sure that all those other things are actually still happening? Because as I said, processes degrade over time. So the audit is there to make sure that things aren't falling through the cracks and aren't going wrong. So that's the dashboards and the metrics that help to make sure that things are still ticking along properly. So just having a process isn't enough. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to have the other things around it to make sure it sticks. It's not only a single touch point you you can talk about or someone can talk about an internal process, but if the tool is not available, right? especially in today's age, if you are like doing everything digital mostly, I don't think so. Like it's going to be possible with the manual processes and tool is very much required at that time. What are some ways a company can improve its internal processes with tool, without tool, like to better service customers? to give that exceptional customer experience? Yeah, so I think probably the the top thing I would say is ensuring you've got the voice of the customer, right? You've got to have the customer in the room. Now, that's really difficult for a lot of companies, right, to to have, you know, a customer as part of that process definition or, 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 you know, creating those processes or amending those processes. It can be difficult sometimes to do that. But Mm. certainly what I've found is that even when we think we have a great process, actually getting that in front of some customers to say, hey, here's how we deal with your requests. Here's how we deal with your emails. Here's the SLAs that we're applying. What do you think, right? Getting feedback from your customers and their involvement in your processes, I think really does help and bring it to life. Um, And the other thing I would say as well is that even if it's not possible to, you know, when I say have the customer in the room, you know, sometimes that can just be a, a simple case of saying to someone in the team, hey, I want you to be the voice of the customer in this room. I want you to be the devil's advocate for want of a better phrase Mm. um so you can kind of think about it from the customer's perspective and really challenge us to make sure that we're not just you know uh you know disappearing up our own backsides with our uh, with our process that we're actually you know making sure that it's going to be good for our customer so giving someone the specific role to be that customer in the room in the part of the process um, can really help Mm. and i think i really love the fact the point that you mentioned actually exposing your internal processes to the customer upfront so yeah. they can they can basically like estimate this is one this is when I'm gonna get the first training for example this is when yep. someone is gonna get in touch with me for like oh, yeah. something like that and I read a report sometime ago and I, I really like this concept and you gave me a refresher and I think so you are right on point and it can be a awesome experience for someone like if I'm if I'm buying a product if i'm buying a service i know it upfront basically the company at the time is on the hook like if you are not delivering at that particular time that you promised then the customer experience itself like you don't have to go back and fall back to the kpis like what happened right. this is coming back to the point that you mentioned what is happening right now right yeah 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 absolutely and you know there's a cu- couple of things i'd say to that right is that um you know, first of all, when you're looking at um, exposing processes to your customers, now we we do that, right, as part of what the business services that we offer to our clients. It's very common for us to 
work with a with a customer uh, we we call them clients because our, mm. our our customers have customers we try and make it simple mm. um but when we're working with clients it's very unusual in fact for a client to come to us and say hey i've already got business processes right um you know it's actually very unusual um and let's face it you know most of the businesses you know just don't have time to document processes and when you're in our industry, and our industry is notoriously bad, okay, at you know walking into a client and saying, "Oh, you want a an ERP system? You want a business management system? Great. Uh, let me gather all your requirements and let me let me map out all of your current processes, mm-hmm. and we're going to shoehorn those into your new business systems, and we're going to do all this customization to make your current processes work within this business management system." You know, we we don't do that. Okay, our approach is very, very different um, to the the rest of the industry in that, you know, the businesses that we work with are very open and honest and saying, hey, we don't have any processes. Tell us how we should do it. Right. So Mm. over the years, we've built up a library of standard business processes. These are things that will work within the Odoo ERP system, either out of the box or with some uh, extensions that we've already built and tested. So that our clients say, hey, we're going to take your process, Silverdale, okay, because we know that it works and Mm. it means that we don't have to do any customization to our systems and it's easier to train and maintain and the total cost of ownership is less. And that's a really different approach to the rest of our industry, right? Um, And, you know, I I have a bit of a bugbear about Mm. our entire industry, quite frankly, right? Um, That it thrives on the fact that it's it's difficult and mysterious and, uh, you know, and I I hate all that. Uh, And what we're doing is we're we're working exposing all of these things and say, no, do it this way. You won't have to do any customization. We can deliver your project on time and at a fixed price. And if we don't do that, guess what? You don't pay, okay? So, Mm. We put our money where our mouth is and we put our skin in the game with our client and say, we know this is tough. We know these projects are difficult, but you know something? We know what we're doing. We've got confidence. You should have confidence in us. Basically, I was part of the implementation um, like long time ago. So I know that in and out, if you are doing customization on top of ERP, oh man, like it's Mm. a mess. No, so absolutely. hard to maintain. <laughs> absolutely. And, and unfortunately, it's a it's a trap that um, our industry sets con- consistently for clients. And there's a frightening statistic out there from Gartner that, mm. you know, between 50 to 75 percent of all ERP projects fail to meet their original objectives. Now, if you're a $50 million business or a $25 million business, right, um, you know, are you even going to start a project when you've only got a one in four chance of being successful, right? Um, you're just not going to do it, right? You're going to spend your money elsewhere. And so, you know, we, we work with our clients to make sure that we give them all the confidence they need, which is why we only work with clients. Um, who are willing to adapt and and mold themselves around our standard business processes. If you're if you're determined to stick to your process and make Odoo look like QuickBooks, then you're not the client for us. Like if you want to copy the design of what other system can do is doing, like then you're better off with that particular product. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's and that's a difficult thing for some people to hear, right? Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it, you get a better product and you get a lower cost of ownership, lower cost of training and upgrades and all that great stuff that we all know um to be true. Um and it just really surprises me how you know our industry kind of thrives on you know building custom custom customization mm. coding coding you know and uh and it really does you know 80 percent 
of the transactions that a business does are the same as the business next door across the street and in the next town. Everybody buys stuff, sells stuff, does invoices, pays vendor bills. You want a P&L, you want a balance sheet, right? Mm. Everybody wants the same thing. There's no point customizing any of that stuff, okay, because it's already there. Go focus on the 20% that really makes your business unique and it's going to make you stand out in your industry and against your competition. That's where you should do customization, not on the stuff that doesn't make a difference. Any example that you can share? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we're our company, uh, Silverdale, we're three years old, right? And we're, mm. you know, uh, and I said right from day one that um, if after our first year we went on version 30 of our internal processes within mm. a year, uh, we're doing something wrong, right? Mm. <laughs> so, um, and I'm pleased to say that we've got very few uh, processes that are even, even in double digit version number, quite frankly. So, which is great, right? Um, because as you learn more and you adapt more, you change your process. They should not be set in stone. Um, they should absolutely change and morph as you learn. And and I guess that's probably one of our biggest changes to a process that we made um, was we introduced what we call a correction of error process. Um, so this is where, you know, as an organization or as a, t- a task or a ticket or something didn't go well okay Um, you know something failed something didn't work you know either customers you know system wasn't available or something something didn't work right an error message was appearing whatever it may be Mm. so what was what we started doing was we implemented a process called correction of error which then allows us to really deep dive on okay what happened? When did it happen? What's the chronology around it? What did we find out? Getting to the root cause. And again, a lot of this comes from kind of lean management techniques that we employ around, you know, root cause analysis and the, asking the five whys, all that great stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we, we bring all this together um, into the COE and then we develop the actions and the tasks and the tickets that have to go along that to make sure that things are happening. And then what we do is then we critical review the other business process that contributed to the error. And then we make adjustments to those processes to make sure that we try and error proof it as much as we can. Um, that COE process uh, is a very, uh, was very difficult, okay, for us to yeah. implement. Right. We're all human beings. Okay. We all hate being criticized or even, you know, the, uh, you know, even the um, kind of uh, impression of being criticized is really difficult for people. So having a very open, honest culture where you attack the process and not the person um, and, you know, being able to say, okay, what went wrong? Why did that go wrong? And going down to that root cause and making it very, trying to make it as, um, you know, uh, at least emotional as you can, right? Which is very, very difficult to do, right? Mm. Um, and get really getting to find out. Okay, now we've got a, we've got the COE. It's telling us where the issue issue occurred. Mm. Now we've got five five actions. Now let's go back and review our existing processes and make those changes to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? So that COE process for us has been. Uh, we used to do, you know, it's really interesting that a COE used to be something that had to be called for by mm. the senior management, right? Um, now it's been embedded so long now that the team themselves will now call for a COE if they make a mistake, right? Is mm. they realize it's not them, it's the process that's wrong. Uh, and they actually want to improve that. So they will call now for COEs as opposed to the management team doing it. Uh, and that's how I know that uh, these things are getting getting better. 
Mm-hmm. So it starts from the process and then it goes back to the habit. Like once you do it, you like it, things improve. People are going to ultimately start doing it on their own. They don't have to be taught. You have to use this. If they, they, if they are seeing the benefit, of course, That's anyone it. is going to start doing it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta really got to build that desire from that individual, yeah. right, to embrace that process. And, you know, when you're looking at certainly the projects that we work on, you know, and kind of ERP projects, you know, you've got to realize that that journey for each individual of making the change is always very different, right? And you've got to be mm. really, you know, you got to recognize that, that everybody's journey is different and you've got to behave differently for different people. True, true. I agree there. Nick, I want to keep on talking here. I want to keep on asking you the question, but the time <laughs> is of the essence. Um, any final thoughts that you would like to share with the person who is listening to this episode right now? Yeah. So the, the only thing I would say is if, you know, you find yourself, um, you know, using 15 different systems and 20 different logins and you're constantly frustrated with, you know, exporting data from one thing to another, um, it's probably about time uh, to start looking at uh, implementing an ERP. Um, and if you're ready to do that, um, make sure you select the right one, select a good partner um, and, you know, go into it with your eyes open. Awesome. And where can we learn more about you and your business if someone wants to get in touch? Yeah, you can get hold of us through our website at silverdilltech.com. Um, and you can get us on all the uh, usual um, social media. And we're at Silverdale Tech right across all so- social media. And people can also email me direct, uh, nick at silverdilltech.com. I'm quite happy to get emails from uh, anyone who's listening. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Nick, for coming to the show. This really means a lot. Great. Thank you.